0: Welcome to an episode of Horizon Scan, a weekly discussion between myself and the Sin Eaters Guild founder, Gaz Walsh, who's ex-Parachute Regiment and Special Forces Support Group in the UK. In these Horizon Scan episodes, Gaz's aim is to talk about important events that he feels the Sin Eaters Guild community should be aware of. He's very kindly allowing me to publish the Horizon Scan episodes here on the Hour feed, but they are primarily available through Gaz's Substack, the Sin Eaters Guild Substack, and also via Gaz's account on X, formerly Twitter. You can find the Sin Eaters Guild Substack at sineatersguild.substack.com, and Gaz's X username is. At Gaz underscore seg underscore founder. Just look for Gaz seg and you'll find him on X. And the links to his Twitter handle and the links to his Substack are in the blurb of this episode. In these horizon scans, we don't profess to be experts. We're just two normal guys trying to stay aware of what's going on and make sense of it in the hope that it helps the wider Sin Eaters Guild community. And by default now, the HR community. Whether you agree. Or disagree with what we're saying or any of the opinions we're talking about in the current events drop drop a message the best place to do that i'd suggest is either on gaz's substack uh, or via twitter or in the discord community let us know what you think discussion is the only way we will all get better in gaz's words if you value the work you can subscribe to gaz's substack where you'll receive not only the horizon Sky episodes but also written pieces that Gaz writes, laying out what's been on his radar in that week or around a particular topic. And I will say this, he is excellent with the written word, and I find his, uh, I find his articles very thought provoking I, I enjoy reading them, so I'm sure you would too. Uh, yeah, enjoy, enjoy this episode of Horizon Scan. Morning, morning, hello.
1: Welcome to Verizon Scan. I think this is episode 20. I think with the live is episode twenty. I no, will make this episode twenty. Uh, yeah, so if you missed the live last week, what was last week? Was the week before? Last week? Last Monday? Yeah, this time last week, uh, pretty much. Uh, it was a good one. Really good chat about the police and uh, what life is like for them at the moment. Because we're talking about the Met being on strike, the firearms officers. That was good. Decided not to put that one out as a as an episode. Because uh, we spent a lot of time talking to the audience and we haven't quite worked out yet how to make that workable for people who aren't in it. We spend a lot of time reading people's comments out and replying to them, so we need to find a more. Well, the easiest way is just to join and join in, but yeah, until we find a way of sorting that, we might not put the right, we might just have to join to be in the moment. So this morning, then we're going to talk about various sort of troop movements from the UK. And uh, we might get into a bit of fucking Canadian madness as well. So, you, you pretty much, how are you this morning, Hugh, to start? <laughs> I am wonderful. Are you?
0: We might, get, we, might, might have an inter- we might have an interruption, though. I've got, I'm expecting something to turn up at some point. I'll have to go and open the door. I don't know how you want to take Was that. You, that but... Is that your builders? Yeah, the, the plumber, the plumber's currently service
1: my waterworks. Roger, okay, start, get, to that age, <laughs> yeah. get to that age, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, yeah you brought I'm this wrong. to my attention. I was for some reason I didn't really track it. That we've got we're sending people to Ukraine And... and Kosovo and Kosovo. So, what I'm not tracking the Kosovo thing at all. Other than that, I knew it was kinda of happening. I don't know. That area is so fraught. I'm not completely tracking why there's an issue for all those sort of regions, that sort of you know, Yugoslavia area, Slavic sort of area. I'm just insulting people or not, But that area there, it's massively contentious, isn't it? And has been for years. And I think we both would you've been there? Know, you? Yeah. Priority's oh. been in that area doing stuff over the years. Um, so, do you know what it's about?
0: I will tell you right now.
1: Thank you. Educate me and the audience.
0: UK forces. UK forces will deploy to NATO's peacekeeping mission in Kosovo. So, there is a pe- existing peacekeeping mission there, nice. following a request from NATO. This follows on from the violent attack on Kosovo police in northern Kosovo on the 24th of September and increasing tensions in the region. Now, just to remind people, Serbia thinks Kosovo should be part of Serbia. Kosovans think Kosovo should be independent. And this is what it was all about in the late 90s, when there was lots of dramas there, like war going on. And, um, and Serbia got absolutely hammered by NATO uh, during that war. Um, actually, I actually interviewed a Serbian about it. A couple of years back, you know, for HR. I'll have to think about, I need to probably listen to that again to get the context. She grew up in war-torn Serbia back in the 90s when we were there bombing the shit out of it. Uh, She lives here now. So that's like, that's sort of, that is as bland background backgrounds they can give you on it. But so NATO, there's there's increasing tension on the border. NATO have said they need support. They've asked the UK to provide support. And we said, yes, yes, no. Kosovo is eastern bloc. Yeah. So when I when I first thought about this I thought oh god British troops into the eastern bloc which is close to Russian territories. Close this like I know that's just that's just yeah. do you know what I thought do you know what I thought you know when you in the context of we're not that far away there's a war not far away in Ukraine yeah. and there's also some Now have Russia historically had an interest in Serbia, Kosovo? I don't think so. Just to kind of point you yourself. That's initially what I thought. Um, uh, and I think who's it's I think it's a battalion going. Okay. Yeah. I think battalion battalion. Folks away, it? That's good, so it? so background. NATO I'm getting this from the government website by the way. Okay. As in our government. NATO has been leading a peacekeeping mission in Kosovo known as KFOR, since June 1999. KFOR was established where NATO's 78-day air campaign against Milosevic's regime, Mm. aimed at putting an end to violence in Kosovo, was over. KFOR's original objectives were to deter renewed hostilities, establish a secure environment, and ensure public safety and order, demilitarise the Kosovo Liberation Army, support international humanitarian effort, and coordinate with the international civil presence. Today, KFOR continues to contribute towards maintaining a safe and secure environment in Kosovo and freedom of movement for all. I can get more on the NATO role if you want
1: it. And, uh, it's general, like, standard peacekeeping stuff, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's like if you put people from outside countries in the way, it makes it harder for everyone to get real angry. Yeah. Um, so, like, that, that doesn't seem any, like mega, huge issue to me. It seems just like another place. We've got people all over Europe, are not we? So it doesn't seem like a, a mega nightmare. It seems like standard. I think it's just weird the way it all came out. Because like, the, the thing about I so we're also sending people to Ukraine, aren't we? So who is it that's yeah. going to Ukraine? I've, I thought it was training teams or language training teams or something like that.
0: Uh okay, so there's been an update on this. So initially one second. So initially it was t- we were gonna send so what's his name? Grant Sharp said that um he wanted to put uh training and production, and there is words for military support to the U- Ukraine. He wanted to increase that in Ukraine mm-hmm. now at the minute. So example, you got the example of pilots. You got the example of soldiers. Ukrainian pilots, Ukrainian soldiers yeah. came over here, and they've been getting trained up by us over here. Yep. and they were sending them back. Uh, yeah. And so he said he, he's wanted to do the training, increase the training side of it in Ukraine, and that and send. British, British troops there to do that right. he also has been encouraging like arms uh, uh, you know, defense and defense and security oh. organizations companies yeah arms companies to establish factories in Ukraine in the western side was not too bad to encourage them to set it up there speed up the speed speed up the logistics process of getting weapons and ammunition into the hands of people who need it in Ukraine there are some grand traps now Russia so one of Ukraine's one of Russia's one of Putin's, like, alleged close aides basically yeah. turned around and said that um, it would be sensible for Russia to target Ukraine – Say, well, they didn't say sensible – to target British troops in Ukraine, training Ukrainians. Yeah. Like, we should do that, is what is what this aide said to Putin. So yeah. Putin didn't say it, is what the aide said, apparently. Yeah. Now, Sunak – has updated this. I had not seen this update. All right, one second. So, they were, so yeah, so he's contradicting what basically Grant Sharp said. Sunak is saying, "I'm getting this from the Guardian, right? Okay. No immediate plans to send British military instructors to Ukraine," says Rishi Sunak. Comments from the UK Prime Minister come after his Defence Secretary Grant Sharp, said soldiers could be deployed to Ukraine to carry out training. So he said. There's no immediate plans, rowing back from comments by his defense minister. Today, Britain and his allies have avoided a formal military presence in Ukraine to reduce the risk of a direct conflict with Russia. British Defense Secretary Grant Shapps, who was appointed to the role last month, said in an interview with the Sunday Telegraph newspaper that he wanted to deploy military instructors to Ukraine, in addition to training the Ukrainian armed forces in Britain or other Western countries. Hours after the interview was published, Sunak said there were no immediate, immediate plans to do that. Uh, and I quote, what the Defence Secretary was saying was that it might well be possible one day in the future for us to do some of that training in Ukraine. <laughs> right. So I think Grant Shapps has put his foot in his mouth here.
1: I don't I mean, think absolutely. You, you don't think so? No, that's, okay. that's not to say. So There's a few things here. So Grant Shapps has pretty much failed in every position he's been in but he is seen as somebody who is a reasonably safe pair of hands by the current fucking government and that the fucking sherry shit that we currently have. He's seen, he's basically the guy who will go on TV, say the words and just generally just get a pat on the head by, and that's fine, if you know what I mean. He's not, he's somebody who fails upwards. He's not like a, a competent guy. He's fucked up pretty much everywhere he's been but keeps getting promoted. So that tells me one thing. The second thing is that what happens quite a lot, and it's happening more and more recently, is that this kind of thing happens where somebody will say something to test the water. And it's it's done as a, oh, it was a mistake. It was as fucking wishes come out and gone. So basically, what's happened here, in my, my view anyway, is that they've gone, right, we could do with doing this. We'd like to do this. Because we know that the US and the UK... For some reason, you can fucking decide for yourself what it is. Seem to be quite happy to keep the Ukraine conflict going. So I think they've gone right. Get fucking grants to talk. openly really about sending people in their trade in super fucking nice, peaceful, as much as possible way. Make sure it sounds super away from the conflict, actual fighting, and we'll see what happens. And if, fight, if it goes to shit, if everyone fucking blows their top on it, then we'll pull it back and say it was a mistake. Grant is the perfect person to do that with he has a record for being a fucking mongo. <laughs> now, I think that's what's happened. They tested the water, because it disappeared straight away. I, I saw it, and it disappeared. And they tested the water, everyone's gone to shit, everyone's gone fucking crazy, and now the had to come out, or had to come out, has now come out and gone. No, don't worry about it, mate. He, was, he, was, uh, he didn't mean that. That Those words that he said specifically didn't say those words. He didn't mean that. That's what I think's happened. I don't think it's a mistake. I think it's a tasty water. Back. Uh, yes. See
0: that I didn't. I actually, my Navy, did didn't know they did that. I and mean, that was attacked by governments until very recently. And I interviewed Dom Nichols. who's was a Telegraph ex-miller. He's a Telegraph uh, Telegraph correspondent, and he was telling me that he was saying that because um, it was like the drip feed uh, hearsay or rumours to the Telegraph, and the Telegraph would publish them. And they're, they're doing what you're doing there. They're, they're, they're testing the water. They go, no, there's no, there's nothing real about what has been said in the media, blah blah, blah whatever. Yeah. Now, with this scenario, do you not think it's a bit risky to be doing that? When it's not, because it's not like they're ch- testing a policy change in the UK. They're not. They're, they're looking. They're looking at, you know, in that statement from Grant Sharps, or those words from statement, those words from Grant Sharps in that interview. It's not only provoking a reaction from the UK, it's provoking a reaction from Russia, China, um, everyone. Because this is an international stakeholder conflict going on. Yeah. but Which means it's a bit of a risky tactic.
1: What, ha- what hasn't been risky in the way that the sort of rhetoric that we've been using towards that conflict? You know, did The US are all for talking about fucking sending their troops openly. You know? The US have been talking about nuclear responses to things if certain lines are crossed and all that. You know, there's, been, there's been no sensible communication about this whole fucking thing. So why why do we suddenly decide that we're going to start being sensible? Yeah, we, well,
0: you, you're referencing the US there. We, we've been a little bit more careful, I think.
1: Well, a little bit. But we did send fucking Boris over to stop him uh, negotiating in the first place, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, in tri- the yeah. early days of the conflict. In the early days, like, within the first couple of months of this fucking thing happening, like, negotiation and shit, we were talking about stuff, at no point are we picking fucking sides. We're just talking about it, trying to talk about it like fucking adults. Um, In the early days, there was still room for negotiation and uh, trying to work out what the fuck was going on. And then we sent fucking Boris over, and he basically told Zelensky, you ain't fucking negotiating, big guy. And that's what we are. Yeah. So, none of this is happening as any fucking sane, sensible human being who uh, has no other agenda in the big thing, in the big big picture. A man on the street looks at it and goes, Why the fuck is this happening? Why are you talking like this? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's. Um, I think Ben Wallace came out, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, so the ex uh, defense secretary. He has come out and said that the the age of people being sent to fight needs to drop. As in, like, basically, the Ukrainians need to find more young people to throw into the meat crop. Who said this? Who said this?
0: Yeah. The the war needs to stop. It's what needs to happen. Yeah. It's not, like... Yeah. But but. Who's talking about the war stopping?
1: Nobody. Putin, maybe. Yeah, is he? I don't know. Maybe. China? What? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The baddies. The baddies are talking about stopping the war. Uh, and the goodies uh, are talking about not stopping the war and things like, you know, obviously the Americans are fucking, seem to be crackers and of this stuff, but yeah, talking about how it's mega that Russians are dying and stuff. It's the best investment they've ever made. But if you look at it from that perspective, is it's fucking like they're killing and degrading Russians for cheaper money, relatively. But you know, great. The goodies and the baddies. Do
0: you know? I was thinking the other day, right? And you probably you, this probably dawned on you a lot. Um, I fucking doubt it. Yeah. Uh, for, for far, right? This this yeah. probably dawned on you much before I did. I mean, like <clears throat> in this world we live in. Invading other countries is bad unless the U.S. are doing it or the U.S. says it's okay. Like, literally, only the U.S. and its friends can invade countries or intervene in countries. If anyone else does it, the U.S. goes, no, bad, naughty. You shouldn't do that. It's like, who who the fuck appointed them, you know, World Police, It's like Team America. Do you remember the Team America, oh, yeah, yeah. Team America movie? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's people, there's people, mate, who are alive today, adults who have never seen that film, oh, and fun. they should watch it. That's because that, that is timeless. That is, that is, a, that is as relevant now yeah. as it was when they released it. I think with '99, I think Team yeah. America came out.
1: Well, anything South, the South Park guys do is gold, isn't it? Was it South Park guys? Yeah, it?
0: yeah.
1: <sighs> they don't miss. It's just
0: amazing. Yeah? they just like,
1: amazing. They get it right, you know, pretty much every time they get it bang on. Yeah. But yes, like, like if you're the... You the most powerful country in the world, which, you know, it might be way wobbling a bit now, but you've been able to do that over the years.
0: I, I don't think they are now, mate. I don't. I really yeah. don't think they are now. I, I think that they like to think they are, and maybe they've got, and maybe their their military might, you know, is maybe they've got the best military in the world, I don't think that makes them the most powerful in the world mm-hmm. because they could go and launch some full-scale fucking offensive on Russia. i tell you what's going to happen. Their own country will implode, will implode with societal unrest for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're the most powerful country. I think they're probably, of the superpowers,
1: they are the ones at most risk of losing everything right now. Everything. I'd agree. But I'll, I'll sort of, we should probably say any American, I don't know how many Americans listen to this, but any Americans listen to it, you probably feel some of this as well. Mm-hmm. And i you know, when we're talking about this, American people, we ain't talking about you. We're talking about the people in fucking charge and some of the mad shit they've done over the years. Yeah. You know, and if you're being honest, all our countries have done mad shit. Our have done tons of mad shit over the years. We had an empire, pretty much lost it. Like, you've just had your fucking hundred odd years, pretty much, of an empire. you in the process of fucking it. That's, that's how it goes. It's cyclic. But, um... Yeah, that, that's but it, that hypocrisy that we've seen from the US over the years, where it's like, but well, we're doing it. If we do it, it's for peace. If you do it, it's war. I mean, we're complicit in that. You go complicit in that. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. special relationship. Um, but yeah, it's that. How many people have you pissed off over the years, and how many people are just waiting for the king to fall with the knives? And that's what you're seeing now. America's looking wobbly. The like internal. Um, just internal fighting, opposition to you know, basically like two separate countries. Uh, all the magic that's happening with their finances to do the dollar. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, I, I'd imagine that most of the most of the East is does not look on America positively, right? Does not, and, and by default, UK and probably Australia and probably New Zealand, yeah. like white faced countries, right? Fine. I would suggest that. However, yeah. apart from pockets. Israel, obviously, big fan of the UK, right? Saudi, Saudi Arabia, they're neither here nor there. They just like, they probably think, fucking America are wankers. However, let's do what we want on the Arabian Peninsula. and supporting it. I'm not making a song and dance about it. Like, look at what's going on in the Arabian Peninsula compared to what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. What's the fucking difference? Mm -hmm. What is the difference in what Saudi are doing Compared to what Russia are doing, it's the same thing on a small, on a slightly smaller scale. Yeah, it, you know, what, why is that all right? Why all the, all the different times in in Africa when they're all and they are warring with each other and invading each other? Why is that all right? Oh. Not a fucking concerted interest in making a lot of money in those areas is basically what it down to. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how we fucking wind. And you can say that. the thing I is you can,
1: you can say this is how the world's always worked. I'm <sighs> sure it has always worked in you know this way in with like I don't know sort of different different players and different uh, ways of doing things during history. I I, mean, I, I can't like, see, I can't see that. No, I mean, as in, well, what did we do? I mean, as in, like. For the whole of our empire, we, just, we were the fucking Nails people, and we fucked around and just beat everybody up and took their shit. And some places you can argue we made better. Some places you can argue we made worse. It's the same thing. It's still like, it's a... Yeah, but talk- it, the
0: primary motive wasn't to go and make money on doing that, was it? it, it was to... No, it wasn't. It was to expand territory, because yeah, it's just expanding
1: territory. why do you expand territory? If you expand territory without the, the means once you get there to make money and make more money, you're just going to bankrupt yourself because you take on tons of places that you've then got to administrate. What's the point? It's all money connected.
0: Uh, I, think, I think initially it was partly because, that's what I think someone's here. I think uh, partly because it was a control element. It was minimized risk of you getting fucked over and, and maximize risk of you surviving long-term. I think's what it was. The bigger you are, the, less,
1: the harder it is for you to fall. Yeah, but just being bigger, you have to administrate bigger. And if there's no. Yeah. So why would you take on something to administer it just so you're bigger if it's then going to bankrupt you because you have because got to administrate it? If you,
0: if you think it's an easy win, it means that you're eliminating an enemy.
1: Yeah, but where did we go? What were the resources in the places that we took over? We didn't uh, have places that, that didn't have resources. So, resources are yeah, funny.
0: Yeah, I think that came later on, though, didn't it? Like m- Midway Empire. Later on, you know the, the India and all the rest of it. I don't know. I might be talking. I, like, I, might, I could well be talking shit. Yeah.
1: Well, so could I. But it logically did not make any sense to me that you would go and take over somewhere for these for shits and gigs, unless you were discovering it. Yeah. Unless you were actually discovering it and going, "Fucking hell, there's some stuff here." But mm. uh, yeah, it seems to me that you would only go and try and take over somewhere that you, that you would benefit you. And. I'm Everything. going to go and read
0: I'm going to go and read something on the history of the British Empire so I'm, going to, I'm going to read a book on it it's a good idea yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I with mean, most things so, I don't know anything I just go on like what humans do it seems likely yeah. to me that you wouldn't take something on unless you're going to benefit from it
0: yeah I mean yeah things like this I think I like to I like to go on. I like to think I do not know what I'm talking about here. I need to know what I'm talking I about. You have, I'm, read
1: that I could a proper sensible person. <laughs> know,
0: no, I don't think so. I don't think most people have that attitude. Yeah. It's like, okay, I don't know this. Let's learn about it. Most people aren't.
1: No. Yeah.
0: One, because time. <laughs> How much yeah. time you got to sit down and go,
1: All well, motivation. I wouldn't read a book on it. I'd probably like skim a skim a couple of websites. Yes. That's probably what I would do.
0: Well, I think if we weren't doing this, or I did have my own, you know, I did have HR, yeah. well, I definitely wasn't doing this before. I feel more, I feel it's more important now to actually try and
1: understand what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> people listen to me.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to do it, like, <laughs> afterwards. So, like, yeah. I'll, I'll try a load of shit, and now I'll go and see if I'm talking shit or not. That's what I just do. Yeah. yeah, that's the way to do it, <laughs> I think. But, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't... The poll putting British troops, let's imagine that it, this is an idea, and it was actually going to be a thing. If you put your blokes in the country that's at war, and they get killed, like, why would you... Do you need to go? No. Uh, for, for your
0: um, no, I'll, 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 what I'll do is I'll give a signal like this. For everyone watching, I'm waving. You know, it's a Team America signal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No. <laughs> Waving your arms about, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> it just seems like a really... It's, it, if you didn't want to get dragged into the war, you wouldn't do it. Those, you don't need to... We have friends with country. We are friends with countries who border Ukraine on the western side. Right. So, why would you put those people? Why would you put British troops who are just carrying out training and stuff like that? You're just trying to shorten the logistical chain. Why would you put that in a fucking country at war when you can put it just over the border? Now, if you're, I look at it. This is this is this is turbo cynical. You're going to tell me I'm talking shit now, but like. This is turbo cynical, It's like, right. No, we've got no friends with the border over the border. I think we have. Um, yeah. This is a turbo cynical. If your country's actions over the course of this war looked like you were trying to really get peace constantly, doing everything you could to try and end the war, get peace, then it would make absolutely no sense to put them within Ukraine when they could just be on the other side of the border. If you've not done that, and if you've sort of either played the middle ground or the partner that you have in this, this thing with like us in the US, your partner is talking about not giving in, is saying some fucking inflammatory things, and just not acting at all like you want the war to stop, and actually you're probably making a fuck ton of money from the war. You might put them within the country so that some sort of accidental hit drives you into the war properly. And you don't have to do the gloves on the gloves on thing where you pretend it's like a proxy war. You might want to get dragged into a proper war, and that sounds mental to some people. And uh, but if you've been watching, you know, if you've been alive for the past twenty years and been paying attention to what we do around the world, maybe uh, maybe it makes a bit more sense. It doesn't sound quite <laughs>
0: How you know, far right? So, on the subject that my the this dude's literally about outside my door can you okay. um just so Ukraine to Kosovo less than a day's drive, less than a day's drive, yeah, and that is to the center of Ukraine. Oh, well, no, just south of just south of Kiev, yeah, center of Ukraine, yeah, yeah. Uh, nine years not that far, that is not that far, mate. And then countries that are neighboring Ukraine, right? You've got Belarus, you've got Poland, Belarus, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary. He's on the West. Well, the North. Moldova, Romania in the West. Yeah. So Romania you potentially could do, but I don't think they would allow us to. I don't know. Uh, got Moldova more- would be an option. Moldova's really close, but I don't think we are able to do it there. Yeah. But I, I'm on board with you. It's like, what the fuck? Are,
1: well, what, are we are what are we
0: doing? What are we doing? and literally, nu- nuclear has been getting talked about for at least a year now. What the fuck yeah. are we doing? This isn't, because it's, it's an escalation. That is an escalation of the war. Any escalation should not be coming by us. We should not be doing that. Yeah. We should be doing everything to avoid it. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: but that's why it doesn't make
0: any fucking sense I'm, to me. I'm I'm red-eyed. I am i am red i do not deal. I don't deal well with bright light. Nuclear explosions are really fucking mm. bright. <laughs> really bright. <laughs> don't fancy being around it. Yeah, but
1: I think the Poland thing is is interesting. So. Poland are a bit left out, aren't they? Poland are sort of turning around and saying they're not going to... Because they... Poland have been very, very close to the US, as in like, not quite... Well, yeah, the, the relationship between Poland and the US has been like fairly decent until very, very recently now, where they're saying we're not going to... Um, I think they said they weren't going to help send weapons into Ukraine. So that is a thing that's a new development. Uh, that they won't that they won't support it yeah
0: so I'm just yeah they said that and there was there was a there was um, an additional statement so NATO's Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg on Friday said he was confident that both Poland and Slovakia would continue to support Ukraine oh so they said this and he's saying no 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 they still will support yeah despite recent harsh rhetoric towards Kiev yeah Poland, which elects a new parliament on October the 15th, said last week it would no longer agree to new arms deliveries to Ukraine but instead focus on rebuilding its own stocks. Fair play, because they're, they're right in the shit. I think there's pair of shit there. Yeah. Uh, relations have soured since Poland's decision to extend a ban on Ukrainian grain imports. Oh, that's right. They had the grain imports going on and it destroyed their
1: market, didn't it? Yeah. And obviously, it's, it's a, there's a. There's been an election coming up, so you're going to have lots of electioneering happening. So there's a bit of that. But yeah, fundamentally, if you're going to go
0: in there. No, no, go. go. (laughs) No, I had had a point. I I was, I had a point. I will carry on then. So, do you know know what we're not seeing here? Well, interestingly, Um, we're in a run up to an election. There's been no talk about Ukraine from Labour or all the Conservatives in terms of election campaigning.
1: Yeah, because it's terrible. Does that mean they're on the same pitch? Well, they did pretty fucking same on it. Did it? Neither want to talk about it because they obviously know that, like, it's possible that they know that policy generally, like, um, like backroom sort of policy, non-public. Actually, this is what we want to do. We might be saying this, but this is what we have to do. Oh, here we go. Someone's at my door. Right, okay. I'm not, I'm one just second. Gonna...
0: I'm going to flip my camera off. Hang on. I'm on my mic off. Enjoy, enjoy your monologue.
1: I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I'm not going to do a monologue because i just chat shit. So I'm just going to stop talking until he comes back.
0: Did you do a monologue? No. Uh, a I
1: one? should
0: have done a monologue. I would have done, I would have done a monologue.
1: Nah, I'm just going to clear it out, so... Uh, we're back. We're back. We are back now. Yeah. So two bits of sort of around. Um Right. So what, we, what was the last thing you said before you left? Uh, oh, the, policy and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if the if the if you know that there's no actual plans to try and bring this to a conclusion, and you know that the public are getting tired, a little bit tired a bit, and the public don't really understand. There's some people who are fully fucking Russia Hitler maxed and you know, believe that this guy's the most evil guy in the world and he's done this for just purely evil reasons and we've done nothing to provoke it. There's those people. Um, if you know that the, the sort of policy is just try and keep this thing going for whatever reason, we're, we're not trying to actively end it, then they won't talk about it. The only electioneering we've seen from uh, the Conservatives and Labour currently is all about net zero and immigration. That's all it's been. Suddenly, we're seeing some like policy talk, you know, t- policy talk and policy movements about talk, movement about talk, talk about policy. You know, people saying things about immigration, people saying things about changing net zero. That because the Tories are in the flat spin and they have realized that people ain't like, happy, so they're gonna tell a load of lies and hope that they still get voted for. But that's why they're not talking about it because it's like toxic. No one wants to touch the Ukraine thing because they know that the vast majority of the public don't support it. Don't support it. Just want it to be fucking over and don't understand why it's over. (laughs) Not over. So yeah. Um, Should we? um, What?
0: I was gonna say we're thirty-three minutes in. Should we do Trudeau? Because that's going to be quite a talking point. Yeah, I can do. Unless you want to. No I had a point but I
1: can't remember what it is now. You'd be a plumber fucking plumbed my brain. So,
0: um, well what I was saying before he came on was that we yeah, we're not seeing we're not seeing any uh, Ukraine mentioning by the the run up to the election campaigns
1: from either Starmer Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah so I, c- I understand that point, but I, don't, I can't think why I was gonna say prior to that, okay. that. Okay. Can't have that Probably was just gibberish. Okay, yeah. Um but yeah, let's do the Trudeau thing, so let's give background to this. Let's give background to uh, Canada 1984.
0: <laughs> yeah, so there is, right, so in Canada, and this is, there are other countries who have this kind of thing. I don't think we have it, oh, I'm going to check, Right, but in Canada, I know there's another country in Argentina, Argentina do this. Interesting. Uh Although Argentina is language based as opposed to content based, right? So in Canada, basically they've got this—they've got an existing bill, which uh, which which says that it's, it's the Broadcasting Act, I think it's called, and it means that if you're a broadcaster in Canada, that a there is a minimum percentage of content that you broadcast has to be Canadian. And by Canadian, it means that. Uh, let me look at the let me look at the wording here. By Canadian, they mean that. Oh, I did have it. Sorry, one second. Sorry. Yeah, fifty percent. Sorry, sorry. It basically has to be either Canadian produced, Canadian written. Where is it? Where is it? Bear with me. I want to look for the. Uh, produced i'm looking for the exact wording because it's a bunch of stuff okay uh, for fuck's sake
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah basically canadian produced canadian written um canadian owned maybe not canadian owned or otherwise contributed to in a big way Canadian and they're saying so not they're saying this existing bill yeah. for broadcasters, so mainstream media, um TV channels, all of that, any anything that's been shown in Canada mm-hmm. is 55%, so fifty-five percent. The 45 five. Fifty five percent has to be Canadian, right? Okay. Now in Argentina, when I was there, I was there a long time ago, it was the nineties, in Argentina, they've got a thing where sixty percent of their broadcasts have to be in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And the remainder, 40% can be English. I know this, my my late uncle, had it, we was a, he was a radio presenter out there. Okay. And so that's what I found out when I was up there. Now, what they're doing with this new bill, which is, I think it's called the online streaming bill or whatever, what? they are saying that online streaming platforms, uh, content providers, they will come under this, Overarching broadcast bill, the same rules, right? right. Um, and but there are some thresholds, so it, it, you, you have to it, one, you have to be someone who provides content like Spotify, like Rumble, like YouTube, like name one, mm-hmm. uh, Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to have a minimum, and you make a minimum. Of, I think it's ten million dollars our revenue a year, mm-hmm. right? So they target the big ones. Yeah. So. The implications are let's think of me, hey shower right? Oh, let's think of this, the horizon scan yeah. outside of outside of Canada. There's no Canadian involvement in this whatsoever. Maybe we'll have a Canadian guest at some point, right? Mm-hmm. However, it means that it is high now highly unlikely, or it's less likely, that our our content will be consumable in Canada or if it is consumable, it's going to be on a much smaller scale. Mm-hmm. And it means that people in Canada are much less likely to be exposed to content out from outside of Canada. Now, major problem with that is existing censorship and future censorship. So in, in Canada, we know over here we've got the BBC, mm-hmm. which is subsidized by the government, right? Yeah. Over the, in Canada every single major news organization is subsidized by the Canadian government. Every single one. Mm-hmm. And, so, um, and so that means that it's probably not in their best interest to push content that doesn't tie in with what the government like and what Trudeau likes. And their censorship over there is fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm going to stop there. So that's general general outlines.
1: Okay. <sighs> just See, just... just a bit creepy, isn't it? Like I, 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 get, I get it. I get it. So, if you, are they coming at this from a, well, we need to make sure that we're just they're probably just saying that we're supporting Canadian business and we're supporting people who, you know, have Canadian interests at heart and the Canadian people want to see stuff from Canadians and we want to support that. Like if you look at it from that perspective, I can kind of understand it. Like if you, I can and I can understand a country's desire to control the information. I'm not, not necessarily that I agree with this particularly, but I can understand a country's desire to control the information that its subjects, subjects, its citizens consume to a to an extent, because. Warfare is like information now, isn't it? I mean, it obviously has been for fucking ever, but more and more you don't actually have to go to war somewhere. You can just propagandize disinformation, misinformation, all that shit. Like the Psychological warfare thing is is a real thing. So I can, I can kind of understand it, but it, at the same time, I don't like it. <laughs>
0: No, I, I, I don't really. I, and, and the reason the reason being is this, <laughs> it's unnecessary. Okay, so <clears throat> they are saying that, um, okay, the Online Streaming Act modernizes the Broadcasting Act and helps ensure Canadian stories and music are widely available on streaming platforms to the benefit of future generations of artists and creators in Canada. Uh, the law will give Canadians more opportunities to see themselves in what they're watching here, under a new framework that better reflects our country today. The online streaming app is about more choice. What you watch and listen to will always be up to you. That is is total horseshit. Total horseshit, right? Because so right now, the way Spotify works, the way Apple works, the major streaming platforms work, they ain't stupid. They want to give you what you want to listen to. They do, right? They don't want to give you what you don't want to listen to. So if you're in Canada and and you want to listen to a Canadian band or a Canadian radio station or a Canadian podcast, they're going to give you that. It's going to be available for you, and they're available for you now. Mm-hmm. If you want to listen to a British one, an American or whatever, they're going to listen to those. They, 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 know, they, they, Right now, before this bill, there is all of the choice in the world for Canadians, yeah. all of yeah. the choice in the world. When you bring in these rules that say, hey, whoa, 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 hey, Spotify, 55% of your stuff has got to be um, Canadian. That means that that immediately writes off shitload. There's no restrictions right now on what Spotify can show in there. So mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you were reducing what was available to Canadians. It's yeah. a fucking joke. Fucking joke. So they're, they're reducing the content available under the guise of this, this, this law. And what it means is that... Yeah, well, and what it means is, is I think it's, just, it's mainly more censorship. There's no other reason for this right, being pushed through other than stuff is getting said online, on streaming platforms, on independent podcasts, and maybe not so independent, non-Canadian, non-Canadian news channels, non-Canadian podcasts, non-Canadian fucking whatever that Trudeau and that government do not like. You look at all the rhetoric around the, the trucker protests. Have you seen so many interviews coming out now with the people involved with that? No. Right. Like they, they, they're basically blowing the whistle on it. Okay. Um how they were treated, what happened, what the trucker protests were all about. You've got the uh you've got um the way they're treated Peterson, Jordan Peterson, obviously yep. major, because he says things that he doesn't like about the government and now they're dragging him through the they, for a few years now, dragging him through the courts. Yeah. They told him was it last year, they told him that he's got to do a, because he said thing the government don't like. They they told him that he's got to do a um online, online uh, like, basic training and how to conduct itself
1: online. It's called a re-education. The they've actually called it reeducation.
0: Reeducation. Like <laughs> right, so. So what this bill is doing is reducing the content available to Canadians, reducing their freedom to listen or watch what the fuck they want, True. whether that's Canadian or not. Yeah, it's it's like an, I can see on the side that it promotes Canadian content creators. That's fucking great. There's other ways to do it though. Yeah, other ways to do it. Hey, people, you can listen or watch whatever you want. Uh, and if if you're a Canadian content creator, we're gonna maybe subsidize that. Maybe give bonuses for Canadian creators who get I don't know certain amount of subscribers. I, I don't know. There's other ways to yeah. yeah. other ways to generate that other than remove information from the the. Available for
1: yeah. Uh, like you would be you would be less concerned about it. Like if you're looking at let's imagine there's a country where, you know, it's it's turbo freedom everywhere and they brought something like that in, you would be less concerned, maybe, than if it was Canada. Because Canada seems to well no, I'm not saying you wouldn't you would just go, Yeah, I don't care about that. You would still raise an eyebrow. But my point is that Canada, anything to do with freedom, freedom of speech, any any stuff like that currently. Canada does not have a good record, and only seems to be getting worse. Canada just seems to be fucking weird. So, like, Canada genuinely feels to be like some fucking test bed to see what wild, people can push this bullshit. Um, it's wild. Yeah, yeah, it is wild, and you wouldn't think it's wild. it. So, yeah, but that's my point. Because it's Canada doing this, you instantly go, "What the fuck are you doing?" It's, uh, it, there's no trust there that, that this, you know, you don't give them the better thing. You go, well, it might be okay. You instantly do go, well, this is obviously doing a way that you're going to be able to censor stuff in the future. Um, it's worrying. I mean, where are you on the, the whole regulation thing anyway for like, just broadcast media? Like, I think I sent you this week about Ofcom.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. What, can tell people about
1: that. Yeah, okay. So... I, this is one of those things that I suspected but didn't know until some dude fucking shared uh, as a fucking thread on it. So I'm gonna pull up
0: the thread now. I'm gonna while you're talking. Okay, up yeah.
1: Up. So, but major part of this thread is about Ofcom. So Ofcom is the, the regulator for broadcast media in the UK. So they're like the, the the people who are supposed to be making sure that nobody fucks up and everything is. There's a set of rules to do with impartiality and balance and things like that Uh, and GB News has been in the fucking shit over things that some of their presenters said and they've been Ofcom have been after them for a while and you can you can speculate about why that is but did you know that if you complain to anybody Ofcom about anybody else it goes direct to them if you complain Uh, About the B, you can't complain about the BBC to Ofcom directly. If you try and do that, it doesn't work. You have to complain to the BBC itself first, and you go through a process with the BBC. And only once the BBC has decided that they've handled it in a specific way, and you've gone through all these steps, and you basically get like a reference number that then takes, then you can go and speak to Ofcom. So that's why the BBC is able to do everything fucking in house, and everybody else gets to. Sent to the police straight away if you know what I mean. So, what else is in this thread? Because it was a fucking mega thread.
0: I've got it. Yeah. All right, Right. so. uh, Okay, this is the top ten of issues with with Ofcom from from. um, Yeah. The account called the Right Angle. The BBC are uniquely allowed to manage their own complaints under a system called BBC First, Uh a a system where incredibly. Out of more than four hundred and fifty thousand complaints against the BBC, only in in twenty twenty one, only eighteen were upheld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eighteen. Yeah. Okay, uh, Ofcom's board, Ofcom's boards and committees are loaded with ex BBC staffers. The latest publicly available register of interests has sixteen BBC interests registered. That means on the board and committee. <coughs> There are sixteen people with they have legit, legitimate BBC connections. One of them, for example, is the controller of Radio Four, <laughs> like not an insignificant position. Yeah. And they're on the board of Ofcom, who handles complaints. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ofcom, uh, Ofcom have board and committee members who hold shares in a company they regulate, ITV. Putting it, uh, yeah. So. Uh, the average package of Ofcom staff is 60k a year. This is more than the average in investment banking. Uh, there are no representatives from the smaller stations on cha- or channels on a, any Ofcom board or committee. Mm-hmm. The current the current chair of Ofcom was founded was found by uh, Sue Gray, uh,
1: a Labour, a, uh, yeah. a well known Labour supporter. Well, she, Ofcom, she's, the, she's the, fuck, the idiot that fucked up the whole uh, recent inquiry is now, oh, yeah. looking to Sue Gray, not not cool, what's going on with her currently. What's going on? Well, she used to do the whole, the whole Boris thing with getting kicked out of Parliament and all that. She used to do that. Yeah, She, she did that. She the chair of that committee. And she went from that to a position, I I can't remember the, the title, but she is now connected directly to the Labour Party.
0: Let's have a look.
1: So if you're looking at impartiality and things like that, oh, she's she's chief of staff, yeah, Labour, yeah. So basically, <laughs> you've got uh, somebody who is supposed oh, to be a civil servant, yeah, civil yeah, servant, civil servant who's who's the thing to uh, go after Boris, and they're supposed to be impartial and you know do all that stuff. Get rid of Boris, and now she's fucking government. She's you know chief staff of Labour, so Maybe. uncool. So you've now got her here as well.
0: Um. Okay. So, Ofcom promised an inquiry into complaints made by the family of Nicola Bully of harassment by ITV and Sky News. They never bothered doing it. What happened to Nicola Bully? Nicola Bully? No idea. Nicola Bully died accidentally after falling into cold water. Oh, it's the the dog walker, the lady, the dog walker. Last year. Oh, her. she She went walking on and went missing yeah because Mem- yeah. remember there was uproar about it because they were saying all sorts of stuff alcoholic and then they was saying about the family so there's a bunch of complaints yeah. by by people uh, oh, okay. made complaints from the family and they said there would be an inquiry Ofcom said they haven't bothered doing it well. uh, freedom of information requests about the inquiry and about the goings on were of being basically re- uh, blocked mm-hmm. by Ofcom uh the the relevant the yeah, Ofcom committee member BBC Radio Four controller uh, okay so on those on those complaints right it was four hundred on average four hundred and fifty thousand complaints per year right to the BBC yeah right, in that process that you said earlier mm-hmm. okay approximately four hundred and fifty get get so what's that fucking hell what's 1% is it or oh, 0.1% I maths. Oh, shit. shit hang on 1 fucking maths mode Uh, four, for fuck's sake one second four, it's five, a small screaming number out. a tiny percentage 0.0 <laughs> 0.0 <laughs> Yeah. Actually, get sent. So they get sent to the executive complaints unit in the BBC. Yeah. Right? 450 of half a million, basically. Yeah. Sent to the executive complaints unit. Um, When they go there, uh, 18 were upheld by the BBC and said, oh, yeah, actually, these 18 complaints out of half a million, yeah, they're they're valid complaints, right? Yeah. 185 get, got escalated to Ofcom.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, of those 185 on average, all of them get binned. All of them get binned. None get investigated. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. So yeah. half a million complaints a year, and of those, the only ones that were upheld in 2021, this is, 18. It was the BBC that did that. Ofcom did nothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and that's the source of that, that beta is Ofcom's own annual report on the BBC.
1: Yeah. So there's a few things there, <laughs> <laughs> Two really fucking obvious things. So, like, <laughs> oh my god. So, I don't know where to start with it because when you, most people won't know that, I didn't know that. So I'm assuming. I'm I'm, I'm the everyman. I'm the man on the streets. I didn't know that. So I'm assuming a lot of people didn't know that. (sighs) So do we really, it just seems, like I said, I don't know where to start. It just seems insane. You've got these people marking their own homework, effectively, before it goes anywhere else. So why why does the BBC in this day and age get special treatment like that? There's literally no reason for that to happen.
0: Why And why, why are the government allowing it to happen? Why are the government allowing Ofcom yeah. to let that
1: happen? That tells you straight away that Ofcom just isn't fit for purpose. You know, there's nothing... They're just getting, trying to get by on the fact that nobody knows about it. Like, you play devil's advocate, don't you? You can say, okay, how many of those half a million complaints I just bullshit things and just people being dicks. So it's probably a sublize <laughs> you know, people go, yeah, fuck you, don't, don't agree with you. You're gonna do stupid complaints. But I ain't having there's two things. I ain't having that there aren't some fucking serious things in there that the BBC just doesn't like and just goes, get rid of kids without. But also, why there's no you can't i I'd love somebody to give me a reason why they should have their own filter. So they can say Half a million complaints go to them. Let's assume half a million complaints go to all the other channels as well. All the other channels get half a million straight away, and they can say, well, there's half a million complaints against the against them. The BBC goes, well, actually, no, there was only 18 actually against us. You know what I mean? But it comes down to it. Insanity. And then you look at things like, like so the, the GB News thing currently, I'm, I'm not like I don't watch it. I don't. I mean, I don't watch the news, so I'm not coming at this from a, a sort of partisan uh, angle. But they are new a new news channel that are, no matter what you think of them, taking share from the other news channels. Just let's just say that they are doing that. That's a fact because they talk about their. Um, Viewership constantly, and they celebrate massively when they like, you know, they get more viewers than Sky News. And oh, actually, between the hours of this and this, uh, we had more viewers than BBC News. So they they are certainly competition, and they're different. They are different. They talk about other things that you won't hear on other channels, Um, and they are constantly attacked by Ofcom. I'm not saying that. Uh, some of it isn't for good reason. That fucking thing with Lawrence Fox the other day, just fucking stupid. He's, he says stupid shit sometimes. He, yeah. He's a fucking idiot. Uh, but the way that the regulators react to a channel like GB News compared to the way they react to a channel like the BBC, it's not balanced. You've got the regulator being openly not balanced. Listen to this.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So Ofcom, they they come, they regulate T V and radio sectors, fixed line telecoms, mobiles, postal post services. Yeah, cop yeah. Regulating competition, UK communications industries, right, yeah, radio sectors, fixed line telecoms, airwaves over which wireless so T V and radio, right? Yeah. Okay, right. The BBC has thirty-five BBC branded, wholly owned and operated channels. Thirty-five, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Ofcom pre- pre- present their, the weekly the weekly um, complaints of of complaints for a program. Uh, if they are over fifty complaints for a program, they publish that. Anything under fifty complaints doesn't get published, right? Yeah. So, last week. Another week for last. Good Morning Britain, Chris Packham, Dan Wooden. So ITV1, Channel 4, GB News. Yeah. Right? Uh, another week. Basically, I've looked all the weeks back over the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight weeks. Right? Yeah. There was another week, Channel 4, just Channel 4. There's another week, no, there was apparently no no programs that got for 50 complaints. Uh, another one there. Okay, this one is all GB News. Three different ones, GB News. Farage, and Dolan. Another one, Sky News, GB News. Uh, and then another one, ITV2. BBC, 35, 35 channels, 24-7. I think all of them are, not they? Mm-hmm. And over the last eight weeks, not one of them apparently has received a comp- over 50 complaints about a program.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But because of that filtering, like you said, because of that filtering, yeah. in the Ofcom report, you look at it and you just don't see BBC. Yeah. Because, because if imagine if you included those half a million and they went straight to Ofcom. BBC would be on you every fucking day. Yeah. Every fucking day. Yeah.
1: Why don't they do that? Well, why, why does it go to the BBC? Well, we know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a safe, it's the state broadcast, eh? It's seems being being a safe pair of hands.
0: Right, when was Ofcom established? Oh, yeah, it was pre-Ofcom, isn't it? Ofcom was going about 29th of December 2003, inheriting the duties that had previously been the responsibility of five different regulators, the Broadcasting Standards Commission, the Independent Television Commission, the Office of Telecommunications. Anyway, fucking yeah. hell.
1: Sketchy as fuck. I mean, it's just it's one of those things. If you, just, if you told people that, they would say, well, why is that? And There's no good answer. There's no yeah. good answer. You know, and you, you've seen... Disruption is good. Uh, competition is generally good. Competition is generally how you get the best outcomes. And you've got a, no matter what you fucking think of it, whether you agree with it or not, you have a channel that's come up and is disrupting the existing channels. It is taking market share from them very slowly, but it is doing it. And it's doing it purely because it discusses things it discusses the other side of the argument. It was there's people on there who will talk about things that you are not getting on the other media, and the only reason it's growing is because it's becoming popular. And you, yeah. over this past week or so, you've had representatives from other channels coming on directly talking about that this channel should be shut down. And if you if you're so naive that you think that's about you being protected from the information that this place is sharing. And not then trying to protect their, their market interests and their you know their monopoly effectively over information in the case of the BBC. You're fucking naive. I can't help you because that that seems incredibly obvious. Yeah, yeah.
0: In, this is interesting. What? The monthly viewing by channel and service, right? This is by. Uh, the the broadcast, I don't know, this organization is broadcasting. Uh, what is it? The bar- Barb is called. Yes. Um, the British industry standard for understanding what people watch. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it is. Um, anyway, they do, They yeah, so they, they monitor the TV, right? So the report contains reach, share, and time spent viewing data based on two definitions of television viewing. Mm-hmm. OK, and those two definitions are, uh, OK, total broadcaster as viewed. Total broadcaster as viewed is time spent watching linear broadcast channels and broadcaster-owned video-on-demand services. This includes live viewing as well as pre- and post-broadcast viewing, and viewing to archive box sets and other non-linear content on the BeVod service. Viewing on TV sets, PCs, tablets, and smartphones is included. For tag services, this includes any streaming, regardless of whether it was through the home Wi-Fi network. Viewing is counted as taking place at the time of viewing. All barb subscribing broadcast services, broadcast services are included, like BBC, are including this, all the major ones are. Okay, and then the other, the other one is top totally identified. This includes viewing to total broadcaster, total SVOD AVOD, and total video sharing platforms across four screens. For tag services, this includes any streaming, regardless of whether it was through the home Wi-Fi network or not. Uh, Right, so the point I'm going to make on this, okay. So it's got all the BBC channels. Okay, ITV. uh, ITV, So ITV totals 44,000. This is for August. Channel 4... Total was forty-two thousand. Oh forty. No, 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 million. Fucking thousand. I can't read million. In zero, zero zeros. In thousands, yeah. Oh, I tell you what, it uh, is yeah, fucking fifty-one million. From August. does that sound right, like mate? Fifty million? How many viewers per month? BBC one, sorry. Uh there is a point I'm coming to on this. Roger. <laughs> <laughs> the point I'm coming to is the BBC BBC News is not well-watched compared to everything else. And g- g- greatly overshadowed by Channel 4, Sky News, Sky News, Sky News. Oh, actually, about the same. Actually, about the same. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's about the same. So, channel, so BBC total, all their channels, was 51 million bbc news nine million this is great sorry <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that the greatest two minutes of horizon scat that have yeah,
1: done yeah i'll see do the best listen while yeah. hugh reads out loud confuses himself <laughs>
0: G- the reason I looked it up was yeah. I was looking for GB News. Yeah. I was looking yeah. for GB News figures. Yeah. GB News is like two, two point seven. I don't know million per month, whatever it's percentage. So they've got four percent of the of the share basically. Yeah. BBC News have got. that's a better way of doing it actually? Yeah. BBC News have got. BBC News have got. Fourteen percent of the share. Yeah. Right. Where's ITV News? Don't oh, know. Can't see it on you. Where's Channel Four? Channel Four is that everyone. Sky News has got twelve percent. Sky and BBC are about equal foot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So consider how long they've been around. The BBC have obviously been around for fucking ever since TV started in this country. Yeah. Sky nineties, I think. I think Sky started in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. GB News, what, what three years max?
0: Mm, yeah, pandemic,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, so three three yeah. years max, and they've got a, a decent fucking show there, and it's they wouldn't be doing what they're doing and saying they should shut it down if they weren't threatened by it. I thought like, that seems incredibly obvious to me, because there's nothing unsafe on there. You know, you've got Channel 4. You consider Channel 4 has programs where people get naked and play fucking pianos with their dick. They yeah, programs where people... Fucking, does it? Yeah. There's a fucking... Does a, I'll, I'll show you. I'll find the clip for you. But anyway, some fucking performer got naked and played the piano with his dick. I think it was a, a, a HP, whatever. It was a... play piano with his dick. Think I programs where people get naked and dating show naked dating, that stuff. You know what I mean? If you consider the, the stuff that's on other channels, DB News... There's nothing fucking there that, if you're talking, if you're moralizing, that ain't the thing. This guy, so let's talk about this long talk's fucking bomb. Because I think he's the, I, he does my head in. He does my head yeah, in. Yeah, I dislike him. With my head in for two reasons. So the background's this guy. Dude, let's start with, dude is an actor, right? Actors, sorry actors, actors like to be looked at. Actors like attention. Actors like to perform, that's in the nature. of part of actors. It's just there. It's just part of your character. I sell t-shirts. I talk shit. That's by character. You know. So he lost load of acting work because he wouldn't be vaccinated. Lost loads of work. This guy was like on morse for years. You know, he's a, he's been a, a prominent working actor. He's not been shit. He's done okay prior to him losing his work. He's decided that you know he just people thought this a half decent bloke work-wise. When he was he had to find himself a new thing to do. Got pissed off about the whole vaccination thing, losing losing work, repugned himself a little bit on that, and just fucking started looking at other things to do with personal sovereignty and freedoms and all that stuff. Now you can turn around and go, okay, he's discovered a grift. Yeah, maybe. He might have also realized that he's really fucking pissed off and there is work in campaigning and talking about this stuff and being a fucking head on it. This is all factual. You know, don't have to agree with him, for those things to be the case. Anyway, he does have a base. He has a base of people who, you know, follow him and I don't agree, but I agree with some of the stuff he says. Yeah, He talks about things to do with personal sovereignty, freedom, things like that. I care about those things. I broadly agree with stuff the guy says. However, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he is a fucking idiot. Because he, he's a terrible figurehead for this stuff because he shoots himself in the foot all the time. <laughs> so the, the thing that happened the other day, don't know if you're tracking this at all, there's a guy, he's called Jeff Norcott, he was on the BBC programme, I believe it's a BBC programme, and he was talking about male suicide, making a very serious point about male suicide, and there should be a minister for men who cares about male suicide in the same way, you know, should be should be balanced. Because the male suicide thing is an issue. We should probably have people to try and you know get it in the public eye and talk about it. There's a woman on the um there's a couple of women, but one woman in particular on the panel with him who basically fucking didn't fully on laugh, but she fucking sort of belittled it and panned it off. And was kind of backed up by the other people. On the panel. So it was in backwards and forwards about this. It was in. It was like, what the fuck's she doing? Um, she got dragged a little bit. She got defended a little bit by all the sides you would think would do that. Lawrence uh, fucking, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Huh? Fox. Lawrence Fox, yeah. Lawrence Fox came on. and was talking to Dan Wood, And made, within that conversation they were having about this situation, made the comment that he basically wouldn't fucking shag her. Right, right. It's a throwaway fucking stupid comment, and it does not deserve anywhere near the fucking craziness that's happened because of it. He's been because of this. He's been banned for uh, suspended for GB News. The guy I was talking to Dan wooden has been suspended for DGB News. A guy called Calvin Calvin Robinson. Cal, he's a uh, guy who's also on GB News. He came and said, "I'm not going on if these two guys are." I'm looking, he's got a. He's, got a uh, he's on GB News as well. He said, I'm not going to do my, my part of the, the programme if these guys are suspended, so they suspend him as well. Basically, there's been like a pylon from Ofcom, and it's now shit. Look at what these people are saying. We need to shut down GB News. No reaction. Completely fucking cynical bullshit trying to get rid of the channel, in my view. But back to the point with him, just don't be a fucking idiot. Like, it's such an own goal <laughs> to do that. And he talks about free speech. And I should be able to say exactly what I want. Yeah, fine. I'm all for free speech, and you should be able to fucking say stupid shit and uh, suffer the repercussions of you saying that stupid shit if there are any. However, if you are going to have yourself as a fucking figurehead, I think this guy's like a he's a candidate, or sorry, for the reclaim party, reform party. So you've got political aspirations, this bloke. Like, think more fucking strategically. Do not offer stupid own goals, like just talking like a fucking idiot on live TV. And unfortunately, one of the problems GB News has, and I'll finish in a sec, or I'll stop on fucking ranting my One of the problems GB News has is they are a small channel with a relatively small team. Everybody kind of knows each other. They are the um, underdog. They've got that underdog attitude. It's very sort of like we're in this together. We're fighting against the fucking big guys. And I think what has happened there, and also to do with some of the choice of some of their people like Lawrence Fox, you have this at times when they're talking in certain sections of the of the programming, it's, uh, it feels more like a YouTube channel than it does a YouTube channel with a bunch of mates talking than it does a news channel. It's got. Be... I think that's I think that's deliberate though. I'm sure it is, but I'm saying I don't think I think there's a line with that, and you do have to be a little bit serious because when you the conversation between Dan Morton and uh, Lawrence Fox just too matey, a little bit too matey, a little bit just too back in, we'll say what we want, basically this to a pub conversation. And that is kind of fine on a YouTube channel and things like that, but if you're taking on the state broadcaster and the big players, you just need to think more sensibly than that. And it's probably just got a bit too familiar in some cases. And it just—it's just it's just more than anything. I think competition is good, and I want you to be sensible, good competition, because regardless of what I think about what you're saying, I think that's a good idea. Don't do stupid shit and leave own goals that are potentially going to get you fucked
0: over. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I surprised. It. I, su- I am surprised they. Um, I surprised they suspended them I think I, just because of the kind of channel D B is I would have thought it would be a warning, like, hey, you need to fucking toe the line because yeah. to the point you just make us like yeah. you tell the fucking. Let's like, there's there's limits here. Um, Screw them up. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Lawrence Fox, mate. I mean, we will over time, you yeah, but, right. um, oh, okay. but, but, but but Lawrence Fox, yeah, he, he's got you know strong beliefs about things, and some of them I understand, some of them I don't. But and to exactly your point, he like fucking hell, man. He just he's caught in a trap where <coughs> and I, I did this. I did this a few times early on the podcast where was literally i will say i was like i'll say anything i don't care i should be like discuss anything and that's it and and it was with a no control measures of myself and i said some stuff in my early episodes like fucking hell man Like you go back and listen to those go jesus christ it's not you know in in context it's fine but you take that out of context and it's not good um and and now what i realize now is you you have to your point. You have to have those guidelines for yourself. You have to have the guide rails. You have to be able to realize that you can get across a point without being totally outrageous about it. Which is what I was doing. And I'm not obviously a major broadcaster, but it is what Lawrence Fox does. Like when he was burning, when he was burning the 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 pride flags yeah. in his garden. What are you fucking doing? Yeah. Like I just like I see where he's coming from, like the pride like him saying the Pride movement is bad and is bad for freedom and all all this shit, right? I kind of, I see his point that he's trying to make. I'm not saying I necessarily, necessarily agree with it, but I see the point he's trying to make, right? The point, but how to make that point is not to go and burn your fucking Pride flags and you guard like I'm recording it on a phone and it's just just it's just amateur hour because he was making the point anyway he does it he can be quite articulate when he talks about the issues he's not happy with yeah. like a lot of people can be even people I don't agree with a lot of the time they can be really Sam Harris I don't agree with a lot of the time and what's his name um, who's, who's the who's the Joe? <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell why am <laughs> saying <is it? laughs> Ben Shapiro oh, Shapiro, yeah. <laughs> ben <laughs> Shapiro. Why have you said that? He says he can be rearticulate stuff yeah. he says and stuff I don't agree with. You know. Um Lawrence Fox can be. Yeah. However, a lot a lot of times he's not. Because he blurs their own lines in his head about doing something outri- doing something outrageous to get clicks and views. Yeah. As opposed to doing something in order to bring attention for the right reasons. Yeah. Like he just you completely you ju- you just make a fucking mug of yourself. Yeah. You yeah, know, and he's not a unique case. You get people, you get celebrities, and there's, like, people in the veterans space, right, who are just, they do really good things, and then or they have done the really good things, and then they do some other stuff, and you go, wow, why have you done that, or why have you said that? You're just completely undermining everything before. You're, like, you you, you watering down the impact of all the stuff before because of this one bullshit, like Lawrence Fox now, for example. Yeah, people are less and less likely to listen to his good points, because of all the fucking bullshit that comes with him, he's yeah. just a, just not a great character.
1: Yeah, he's just, he's not a good choice for a figurehead. I'm not suggesting he's been chosen, but if like if you're going to put your support behind people, there's better people who are saying the same thing as him in a different way. And you can say that yeah, he brings a different audience, maybe. And there'll be people who support him now going, "Yeah, fucking what he wants, whatever." <laughs> it's like not. So, you can, but yeah,
0: you, you you can, but the thing is, like. There is employee got sacked. It's not like he was. He made these comments on some other channel in some interview for someone else. He literally. I haven't said that. He's a guest there, isn't he? He's not he's not employed by them, is he? Yeah.
1: He has okay. A, yeah, he has. it. All right. A, so
0: there we go. Fucking goodbye. You know, I, like I'm. A, I respect GB News is right to go fuck off. They can do that because it, it This is different to being deplatformed, which is what other people might be thinking. It's like time on the same thing. Oh, you should never sack him? They can fucking sack him. He hasn't been deplatformed. It's not. This isn't like a media and, and a witch hunt again. And, and no one should employ Lawrence Fox and provide him any money. It's not what's happened. His employer sacked him because he didn't like what he did, what he said. It's, same with Dan Whitten. You fucking lay your fucking bed, you fucking lie in it. Yeah, like any of us. It's
1: you know, the background like it's... to it that makes people fuzzy though, isn't it? So if it was on, if it was on a, 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 a major player. So if it was on the BBC. It's slightly different because the BBC is not under the same pressure that GB News is under. So GB News doesn't get taxpayer funding. GB News relies on um, advertising and things like that. It's a private fucking thing. So if you have pressure from Ofcom to say you need to be shutting this down and indirectly, as we've seen that with other places, if, if it's a struggle to get advertisers to um, advertise in your sort of on your channel, but that's a struggle in the first place, coming under pressure from regular regul- uh, regulators, etc., put pressure on your channel to remove this guy, so it's, they're not in a strong position. They're like, gbds are walking the tightrope of survival constantly, anyway." That they're, they're more likely to knee jerk get rid of people than go. What? When did he? When did he make the complaints? When did? When did he? Um... Last week, like When did? He... Was it last week? I believe it was last week, either the start we, last week or the uh, the end of the week before. Yeah, I want to I want to check for the complaints. Okay, things. cool. Yeah, have a look. But yeah, <laughs> the point I'm making is like, does there's, there's a, for the bosses of GB News, it's a lot harder to go. No, we're going to stand behind our guys, whether you've be, whether you believe it or not, or we're just going to give him a slap on the wrist. He'll be back soon. Than it is for other places because there's. Massive financial uh, consequences.
0: The 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 complaints numbers for Ofcom for last week aren't available yet. But also that's what I was trying to find just now. Like, are they as well? Are they sus- are they suspended? Or are they sacked? Suspend- suspension indicates temporary. I-, I wouldn't surprise me. Dan wouldn't end up coming back. Yeah, it's it's just, maybe probably, not.
1: I believe they're suspended. Correct. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. we probably done, not we? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no point in looking tapping your watch. Like people are watching this. It's like doing a secret signal. No, yeah, it wasn't. It
0: wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't a secret. It wasn't a secret. Sing, it wasn't a secret symbol.
1: Single. Signal. Anyway. Signal. Yeah. Right. Well, we've wrapped that up. Uh, thanks for listening. We're gonna try and get this out. Or we, it won't make a difference because it'll be out if you listen to this. Yeah, we am going to try and get it out sooner the Friday anyway. So you should be listening to this either on Tuesday night or Wednesday because she told me off because I was taking too long to get it out. So uh, we're going to try and get it out a bit sooner to be relevant. Have a nice day. Have a very different cool. week. See you later. Bye-bye.
0: That's it for this episode of uh, Horizon Scan. hope you enjoyed it. As a reminder, head over to uh, the Sin Eaters Guild substack, sineatersguild.substack.com. Get over there, check out the episodes via Substack. And if you feel like doing it, then you can subscribe to the Sinitas Guild Substack and support the Sinitas Guild community and what Gaz is doing there. You will find not only the Horizon Scan episodes there, you will also find written articles that Gaz has put out, and they're very thought provoking. Thank you very much. Catch you on the flip side.